This is Up for Debate, episode number 256, recorded June 8th, 2023. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two of us agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by a man who's ready to enjoy his summer inside watching movies and reading books. It is Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. How have you been? Uh, Matt, I, I think I read the other day, um, what was it? Spending 24 hours outside in New York City is the equivalent of smoking six cigarettes. And it just made me wonder, yeah, maybe I should take up smoking cigarettes. Maybe exactly. now's the time. I mean, if the environment's going to be that bad, you might as well thing. enjoy the yeah, cigarettes. I, think you that, know? Uh, I hear they're quite pleasurable. That, that's the, that's, that's exactly what the ads tell me. We had to take away from these past couple days of, of smog and fire. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the perfect takeaway. More smoke. Yeah, it's just um, it is uh, it, it is it is an interesting time uh, with the uh, air quality. I saw the other day was worse than Bangalore, India. Um, and not to not to knock Bangalore, oh. India. I'm sure it's a fine place, but not really known for their super great air quality. And uh, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Uh, like Norway. What place is known for their super great air quality? I bet Norway's got some good air quality. Let's check the air quality in Norway. Yeah? This has become a, a hobby of mine now that I know that air quality um, index is a thing that you can check. The real time air quality in Norway is seventeen. So apparently, a Zurich. quick Google here: the cleanest air in the world is in Zurich, Switzerland. Yes, and if you go by country, uh, that's the city, the Swiss city. But if you go by country, it's uh, Australia is number one, then Barbados, Jordan, mm. Canada's fourth on here. Mm. I don't think that's true anymore. Um, yes. I don't know when this is from. Um. The air quality, where's the air quality index? Uh, how is it in your neck of the woods right now? Mine is probably a bit worse. I think it's, um, yeah. Not by much. I think, yeah, we're, we're around in the same temperate zone. Mine's like, hmm. I think mine's like 3 million, 4 million, something like that. <laughs> Oh no, that's I'm sorry, that's population. Yeah, no, uh, 92 is what the uh, the maps are here. But no, it's not good, Matt. 144. It's it's a, a not great way to start the summer. Oh uh, yeah, a lot of smoke gets in your lungs, gets in your eyes, mm. and burns. <coughs> uh, but Matt, I think yeah. this is the perfect opportunity to clean to clear the air. And hit the reset. We have been playing text-based adventure games since uh, the beginning of March, and it is now June. So I want to just remind everybody that is not what the show is about. That's not the only thing we do, though it feels that way. Um, We are. And Matt, we're transitioning into the summer season. um, Into we're, we're, we're putting on our sunscreen and staying indoors, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. But we like to be safe either way. We we we. We um, really can't be too too careful here on up for debate. We're, but we're gonna we're gonna be hanging out inside with a, with a good book, maybe a few good books, maybe a few not so good books. We'll see. Uh, we've got our summer reading list today. Gonna take a look at. You've got some books. I've got some books. We're gonna take a yes. look at some good reading. So. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Now, Matt, just so you and I are on the same page, because we did not talk about this before we started recording. Um, are we, we also can. pitching movies tonight? We can. We can. We. I know we have a. We have an idea. Summer I've film franchises. For, um, for the the series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll, we can see where the night takes us. How about that? If we need to do a two parter, we can do a two parter. Beautiful. 
There you go. Beautiful, Matt. Yes, uh, it's our grand tradition, our summer reading list. We each pick a book, uh, but in order to do that, we each present a series of books, um, and usually the other host will pick from the other host's list. So, Matt, uh, I don't know. Do you have any sort of theme or anything uh, going on with I, your, I, your I book selections this year? I always try to give you a, a grab bag of um, an assortment. I try to give you a, a bit of an assortment, a little bit of everything, a taste test. Um, and so I try not to theme it so much as, as much as I try to cover all themes, try to cover, um, as much ground as I can, not mm -hmm. drawing from one particular genre, but giving you a uh, kind of a, a taste of everything. My problem this, uh, this summer, this summer's issue is I think the summer of too many books. I've got a, I've got a pretty long list here. I'm trying to narrow it down. Uh, to a few. Wow. But uh, it's the summer of too many Whoa. books, I think. Whoa. Um, so I've got I've got 10 books on the list right now. Damn, that is intense. And it's a lot of books. Uh, but I think you may oh have my read God. some of these. That's too many or books. We may have talked about them in previous episodes. We'll, we'll narrow them okay. down. I, I, can, well, I can get a good narrow list going. And then so are we doing the same format I give you um, what like four sele to select from. Okay, I think I can. I can. However many you want, down to four, maybe five, and then, and then you can pitch them. Um, sure. Would you like to go first? Uh, should we? Or would you? No, like you me know to what? You're you're you were looking. You're looking a lot more stylish than me tonight. You got the Chargers hat on. You've got the uh, the beautiful painting in the background. You've got the hat hair going. I've got the nap hair going. I was I, I took a pretty intense nap before, but uh, I think that uh, I think you got it. I think you got this. You pitch. You you go first. Well. Here's you and I tend to have that when you talk about books and movies, you and I usually have the opposite problem where you have way more books and I have way more movies. And the problem is I went through my entire bookshelf and I've basically pitched every book I've ever read over the last couple of summers on the show. So today I will be pitching three books I have not read. Uh, and it's a fun mix of books, uh, but uh, they're all fresh. So I have no idea if they're good or not. They're all sitting in my Amazon cart right now. Um, and we'll see if we end up buying any. So uh, we're going to start with this first one, Matt. I think of these three, this might be the one you might like the most. Uh, you'll have to tell me. Uh, this book is called Raw Dog, oh, yeah. colon, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. Let me share my screen here so you can uh, see what I'm looking at. Uh so uh, comedian Jamie Loftus, who uh, you may have heard on podcasts or things like that, a very funny individual, uh, wrote this book. Um, I'll just read you the synopsis here. Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs is part investigation into the cultural and culinary significance of hot dogs and part travel log documenting a cross-country road trip, researching them as they're served today from avocado and spice in the West to ass-shattering chili in the East to an entire salad on a slice of meat in Chicago, Loftus, her pets, and her ex eat their way across the country during the strange summer of 2021. It's a brief window into the year between waves of a plague. Um, so grab a dog, lay out on your picnic blanket, and dig in. Um, so sort of uh, telling the story of the hot dog, but with a little sort of personal uh, travel log element to it. Um, that's supposed to be funny and amusing. Now, I think on the upside of this book, um, we'll definitely learn some things about hot dogs. And I do love hot dogs on the downside. We may fall into that of Dyson men a little too much about me type book. Um, now, normally when we do these pitches, I like to read one star reviews of the book. However, this book has 14 ratings. It's a newer book and no one star uh, reviews. Give, They're all four give, or five uh, stars. What would you give a hot dog? Uh, what would, what rating would you give a, just so your regular good old, like standard hot dog, what would you rate it? Uh, I was going off of like uh, what's what the hot dog scale? Five, they gotta be right. Yeah. Oh, hot dogs are five stars. Hot dogs are a quintessential. Yeah. I mean, they're no, they're, they're a, the Mount Rushmore. I recently found my newest favorite favoriteest topping on a hot dog, and this shouldn't surprise you at all, Sean. 
because it's a little out of left field, so to say. What do you think that topping is? What do you think I put on hot dogs now nowadays? What would Matt put on a hot dog? Uh, you said maple syrup, Sean. French fries. <laughs> no, I if didn't say maple. maple. Hang on, syrup. don't put those words in my mouth. I you did not say maple close. syrup. It's honey. I want no I credit for that. On the hot dogs, they're it's great. Um, <laughs> and uh, oh, and good it God. shouldn't oh. surprise you one bit because that. Oh, good great. God. Love honey. Uh, what doctor? Uh, they're, they're is your the doctor, doctor worried about you? The doctor is in. And it's me. Uh, honey. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit of honey. Exactly. Uh, not great. And, and some mustard. Classic hot dog. I'm not a psychopath like people that put ketchup on hot dogs. That's just insane. That's just the behavior of a clinically deranged uh, human being. Ketchup on hot dogs is a uh, an affront to humanity but yeah this looks interesting this looks like it like an if i wonder if they talk about um the uh like the 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 nitty gritty of the hot dog you know they, they always say it's like the different like weird parts of a pig all like sewn up together i don't know um yeah this looks good i'll add this to the list mm-hmm could, could be interesting. Raw dog. Before we do that, uh, I, I have to ask: Loftus. Have you ever, uh, Matt? Would you like to know my second book? Meaning an uncooked hot dog. Have you ever consumed one? My money is that you haven't. My money is you haven't. Uh, no, you, that would you, be very dangerous, Matt. Look at me. No, do I seem like the kind of person who would have consumed. No, you're not an supposed to eat uncooked meats well, at least once in their life. Yes. Intentionally. <laughs> Uh, try multiple yes. times. Accidentally, I've, I've had, also yes. I've had multiple raw hot dogs. They do, yeah. but they come cooked. Really, really they hungry, come cooked. And you just go for it. And you know what? I don't I don't regret it. I'm still here. Still kicking. And uh... we, we, we need to do an episode of the show where Okay, here's a, here's a free pitch for the show. We need to do a creative challenge episode okay. where you, Matt, have okay. to write a restaurant menu. <laughs> I think that would be. I think that would be. Uh, that would be quite the exercise. Yes, quite the exercise in. Uh, in in nauseating. Restaurant. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea. hugely problematic uh matt next up on my list do you remember uh a previous summer i don't know if it was a summer we just read it for no reason but uh we read a book called yeah, great one great book. summer great by it bill was, um, bryson do you remember summer. that book i get the year wrong every time i say it i think it was i think we were fans of it 24 uh i was gonna say I 23 right. it was definitely not earlier than 23 it was 27. Oh, first time. Tw- no, it is 27. First it's 27. You were right. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself some credit. Yeah. The buddy. summer of 1927. A lot happened. A lot of, lot of stuff happened. Uh, well. It was a good summer. Yeah. And I think we talked about on the show, Bill Bryson uh, weaved the stories together quite well. Well, he's out with a new book. So maybe we might do another Bill Bryson book. It's called The Body, colon, A Guide for Occupants. Uh, Here in the summary, Bill Bryson once again proves himself to be an incomparable companion as he guides us through the human body, how it functions, its remarkable ability to heal itself, and unfortunately, the ways it can fail. Full of extraordinary facts and irresistible Bryson-esque anecdotes, the body will lead you into a deeper understanding of the miracle that is life in general, and you in particular, as Bill Bryson writes, we pass our existence within this wobble of flesh and yet take it almost entirely for granted. Uh, the body will cure that indifference with general doses of wondrous, compulsively readable facts and information. So um, a a humorous uh, sort of anecdotal uh, book all about the human body. I thought on the plus side, Matt, could, we could read it, maybe learn a few things, share some facts with the folks out there and really enjoy it. Uh, so 
um, yeah, the body guide for occupants. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of interesting facts that, uh, await us in this, I think. Um, I'm, are you reading, are you going to read the one star reviews? Well, listen, man, if you're still unsure, you can listen to M. Wilkinson, who wrote, I just began to read this book and would like to return it as Bryson is a proponent of evolution, which I do not agree with and cannot accept uh, one star. Love it. Oh, uh, here go. Uh, Mr. Robert C. Sylvia writes, check your books. I bought the hard copy and at page 84, pages 85 to 116 were gone. They weren't ripped out. Helpful. They weren't even attached. One star. They, yeah, they, oh no. There's a, there's <laughs> found a that helpful. Maybe those oh, are the no. pages that talk about evolution and maybe uh, that Robert, is fantastic. Or whatever that guy's name was earlier, he got to them. He ripped out all the evolution pages. That would be smart. We'll end with Josiah, Josiah Zorn, who wrote, uh, This book openly mocks religions of all sorts. His smug and arrogant writing makes this book a chore to read. I would not recommend it to anyone, even I my like worst enemies. I like the guy also above him that said, I, am so, I so. dislike that I am so naive. I put it in the recycling. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, this is supposed to be funny. I guess he kind of took it. A little seriously. The, the so, site that I'm on. Yeah, there you go. Well, the body. You. People who occupants. should read this. Those who really, really enjoy book reports. People who should absolutely not read this. People with chronic pain. <laughs> fat people. Anyone with a degree in any aspect of biology. Anyone who reads more than one popular science book a year. <laughs> that makes yeah. Well, we're none of those things, so we, we might really enjoy it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, The Body, A Guide uh, for Occupants. Yeah. Matt, would you like to hear my third pitch and final pitch? Uh, you know, Matt, I was uh, earlier talking about VHS tapes. You remember those? How could I forget? Well, the thing is, um, VHS tapes, uh, when they first came out, were exorbitantly expensive, which um, meant most people couldn't own them. So what did they do instead, Matt? Went to a, like they borrowed them for like from the their neighbors and family members and friends. And they said, hey, can I borrow a cup of sure. sugar and a VHS well, tape? close. Yes, and then eventually their neighbor said, sure, but you'll have to pay me, and that turned into the rental industry. Matt, uh, the book I am pitching here is called Built to Fail, The Inside Story of Blockbuster's Inevitable Bust. Um, it says here, for more than two decades, Blockbuster was America's favorite way to watch movies. Millions of customers visited more than 8,000 stores around the globe every week. Uh, if any company should have predicted the disruptive forces coming down the place, it was Blockbuster. But as new threats emerged, none of its five CEOs had answers and the company collapsed long before its time. Built to Fail tells the complete inside story of Blockbuster's meteoric rise and catastrophic fall. Beneath the surface of explosive growth lay a shaky foundation of financial difficulty, tunnel vision, and missed opportunities. It's actually written by the man who uh, had the longest-lasting Blockbuster franchise uh, location in the country. Uh, now, on the upside, Matt, I think we could learn some interesting Hollywood inside things and look at the transition into media, something we found interesting on the show before. On the downside, might be a little too inside baseball-y, a little too businessy. I tend to like these books. Don't know if it's going to really um, necessarily fall under your uh, interest. Um, the good news is there's no one-star reviews. There are some two-star reviews. Um and none of them seem well, particularly aggressive, so maybe this book is not review. bad. On my end, I'm looking on uh, on Goodreads, and it says, "Oh no, Aaron Wanick says came off preachy, whiny, and a bit too holier than thou." <laughs> Damn, a little knows too much. I read a book. I read a book about the fall of Circuit City, and it was written by the son of the guy who started Circuit City. 
And it was very much that where the whole beginning of the book was like, my dad was great and he did all this great stuff. And he built this great business and his dad like retired at the peak of it. And he's like, and everyone else who wasn't my dad was a huge moron. And it was really, Sean, it, it was a little bit smug. Mar so Pye I, says, I could see where I that give might it come two from. stars because the book is exceedingly dry and not especially well written. It's very inside baseball. To borrow a phrase from you, you just said that. It would have been nice to read this mm. if it had been co-written with someone who was able to make it into and, a more gripping personality-based tale. They could have been a contender. What they wow. Say. Wow. Well, and I believe that. I mean, those are the kind of books I like, you know? Those are the things I like to listen to. I mean, Matt, I can give you a fourth um, book if you're worried about Blockbuster. I'm not particularly worried about Blockbuster. I think Blockbuster is going to do fine. I think they're going to they're going to be fine. No one's going to okay. no one's going to take the, take them uh, take them down. Blockbuster is great, but just in case, maybe you want to give me a little uh, uh, fourth book. Couldn't well, hurt. I'm kind of curious what the fourth book is going to be. Well, this is another it's another failed business book, but this one I think might be a little better for two reasons. One is I think it's going to be a, a little more dynamic. This book is from more of a business writer than a guy who worked at Blockbuster writer. The other thing is, and the reason I want to read this is I just walked uh, watched. Matt, are you familiar with the no, film Blackberry that just came out? They made a movie about the rise and fall of the BlackBerry company. You remember the old smart, the original smartphone, if you will. Um, I watched the film. The film was awesome. It was actually surprisingly good. And this is the book it's based on called Losing the Signal, the untold story behind the extraordinary rise and spectacular fall of BlackBerry. Uh, at one point, the largest company in Canada, which is where they're from, um, and after having watched the movie, I'm curious about the book. And Matt, as a bonus, if we do and read we the book on the show, we can also watch the movie. We can. I don't know that. Though. I mean, it is it is funny. You know, a, a big plot point in both the book and the movie is the iPhone coming out um, and, and the impact it had on the business. But it's... Um, the book was very good. It was Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And um, and they were great. It was a great movie. So Sean, if you don't read you the book, at least watch the movie Blackberry? would be my recommendation. <laughs> I never did. I never did. I wasn't that cool, unfortunately. And I didn't send a lot of emails. You know, that really, really was... For emails and and that sort of thing, yeah, I, I was. I did not um, Blackberry. Oh, Matt, I, I think we were like um, in middle school at the time. I remember them. Like I remember them being a part of the culture, like on shows and stuff. Uh, for some weird reason, I I always connected to Survivor. There was a there was a guy on Survivor that was like addicted to his BlackBerry and like was like uh, holding a coconut or a rock or something and pretending oh, yeah. he was on a Blackberry because he was like so addicted to having one. I thought that was uh, got to see a little bit of his psyche unravel on uh, national TV. So they did the Crackberry. Yeah, there was there were Crackberries was what they called them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my I can't book decide. picks, Matt. I can't decide whether I found you the content. You later have to pick one of them. Less but why don't you like hold most things related to corporate ascent? Yeah. It was nothing more than dumb machismo, tripping over typos, and adored adorned <laughs> with awkward metaphors. That says that's Danny, uh, who has three followers, so she must be right. <laughs> Well, it says here, Danny founded BlackBerry. Well, see, that's Matt. You can't trust that. You can't trust that. Uh, all right, Matt. Well, uh, you don't have to make up your... You can make up your decision now, uh, or you can wait and we can go um, through your books. I'll tell you straight up that I am most... I think this will surprise you. Uh, I, am, I am finding myself most attracted to the the latter two books that you mentioned. 
I like the business books. I I actually really enjoyed the um, oh the business books. Okay, the book we read on this show way back, and I think our first summer reading we it was um where that that company, um, it was like a well, the dot the dot com the bubble, but when the bubble burst or dot bomb that was it yeah oh yeah I really like dot bomb dot um, bomb I believe was that was an enjoyable read bad blood we read for the show. Well, even um, are, Bad Blood was sort of a sort of a version of, really of this with good discussion. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll think about maybe I'll read them both and maybe we can talk about which ones we want to do on the show. But I would say um, I would say Built to Fail is probably my my leading contender to contender right now. Um, but I would also read Losing the Signal. I think just just because of the personal relationship I had with blockbuster growing up and uh i would find that a little more compelling but i am going to watch the documentary for losing the signal at the very least um blackberry yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good movie it's a good movie called blackberry i'd recommend it great um i ordered all the books so pick whichever one you like (laughs) because i'm going to read them all so uh, but you think about that. We'll we'll make our announcement at the end of the episode. But Matt, why don't you uh, get into um, your very large selection of books here? Where to begin? Where to begin? Let's uh, let's start with um, let's start with a question, Sean. Have you ever read this book called The Pixar Touch, The Making of a Company? Is that why it's on here? Did you read this book? <sighs> you know, the thing is, there's two I need to books figure out why about Pixar. Okay. I've read one of them. All right. So if not... So let me see if I that's the one I've read. Okay. It's not... I will say whichever Pixar book I did read, I enjoyed a lot. Um, huh. No, not. Uh, my typing is not being cooperative. Okay, that was the one I read. The other one is, well, there's Creativity Inc. is one. There's also To Pixar and Beyond is another one, but uh, The Pixar Touch, yes, okay. that is the book I right. read. Well, it is very good, uh, um, but I have read it. Next one is, I think, a book that I have I maybe have pitched on this show before, um, and I still haven't read it, and I don't believe you've read it either. Uh, it is Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo, the story of Reggie fils May. Long time. Uh, it was. I'll, yeah, I'll put it back this, up there. This for, was on your list a year or two ago. Potentially. Um, there may be there may be some better choices out there. That's I'm, fine. I'm going to start low and build up high here. Um, but disrupting the game from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo. Uh, Reggie fils retired president and chief operating officer of Nintendo of America, Inc., shares leadership lessons and inspiring stories from his unlikely rise to the top. Although he's best known as Nintendo's iconic president of the Americas, immortalizing for immortalized for op- opening Nintendo's 2004 E3 presentation with my name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass, taking names, and we're about making games. Uh, Reggie fils story is the ultimate game plan for anyone looking to beat the odds and achieve success. He talks about disruptive thinking, mastering your gifts, uh, and um, choices that will make you truly happy. So this is a, an, an autobiography from uh, the man himself. Um, one Star Review says... I can't believe how insipid this was. Reggie worked at Nintendo for years, and the best he can do is some awful management speak about how great he is at management waffle. I just don't even bother. Says Bill Page. Chelsea says, I'm glad I didn't pay for this one. 
Christian Schneider says, should be titled Memoirs of a Bully. <laughs> Badly written by an incredible show-off. Gave up a third through the book. Oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Harsh. Well, it's interesting, Matt. Um, we've uh, we read Console Wars on the show. We we know a little bit about Nintendo, um, hmm. and uh, so this could be an interesting addition to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's just a possibility. Our first option: disrupting the game. Um. Can we go to the okay? Uh, pivoting from disrupting the game to a uh, different kind of game. The game is um, the geography of nowhere. The rise and decline of America's man-made landscape. So I guess the the game here is uh, urban waste or, or suburban uh, sprawl. Um, I haven't read this one either. I think this uh, this one wow. might. Um, That's a, an interesting. This pick. one might. I think this one might grab you. I have a, I have a strange suspicion, but it's a it's an urban planning book, um, and surface level it seems kind of tedious and boring but it um it basically gets into just the the you know where you you can you drive down those those strips of of road and everything looks exactly the same and and it it's it's that way and like no matter where you are florida or arkansas or iowa uh it kind of gets i think about like to the history of that uh the description says the geography of nowhere traces America's evolution from a nation of main streets and coherent communities to a land where every place is like no place in particular, where the cities are dead zones and the countryside is a wasteland of cartoon architecture and parking lots. In elegant and often hilarious prose, Kunstler depicts our nation's evolution from the pilgrim settlements to the modern auto suburb in all its ghastliness. Um... Kind of like, um, yeah, kind of like talking about the, um, the, the development of the automotive industry and, and the highway building the highway systems and, and how that caused like the cities to be less compacted and more spread out and, uh, got some very good reviews. Only one, one star review that I can see. Only a couple. <laughs> this book was mostly a cynical rant. The author, James Kunstler, is really arrogant and pessimistic. I almost didn't finish the book. Says Andrea Berardi. Um, yeah, I, you know, interestingly mm. enough, this book was published in 1994. So I'm curious, yeah. uh, should we mm. read it to see how things have changed since it was published? Um, the other thing I'll point out is, um, I don't know how much you know about Mr. Uh, Kunstler, um, but on his Wikipedia page here, it mentions that, um, uh, he's a promoter of the concept of oh, the so-called no. deep state working to overthrow and thwart <laughs> president Trump. Uh, oh, he described COVID-19 pandemic as a scam. Uh, and he published a vaccine conspiracy theory that the vaccine would kill people steadily over the weeks and months and went on to name hydroxychloroquine so on to the next and ivermectin oh, as effective treatments. <laughs> All right. He also attacked gay marriage, calling it okay. cultural so mischief taking that would further damage a list. struggling institution. He also suggested the 2021 wow. storming okay. of the Capitol as the work so, of left. Moving on to our next pick. <laughs> and he oh, no, I want to. Wow. Uh, was that all in his Couldn't was resist. that all 
That was all really in his Wikipedia? Cool, dude. He was much more normal in 1994. Holy crap. That word for right, right, right. He has a whole section, uh, which is very amusing. Yes, I knew that because someone wrote a one-star review on Amazon <laughs> saying there was nothing wrong with the book, but he's turned into yeah. a right-wing lunatic I mean, it, one star. A, a long so time I got ago. This. And uh, uh, people get crazy out there. That's uh, that's I I so I won't be reading it. I took I already took it off the list and uh, said we could forget about it. Didn't seem that interesting wholeheartedly to begin with, but um, it was on my I had put it on my like to read <laughs> a while back, and uh, and yeah, uh, I, I I figured I would pull it from there. All right, with that, um, let's go to a let's go to a happier time uh, with a happier person. I, I need a palate cleanse. I was going to save this more cl- uh, closer toward the end, but um, I, I think we need a we need a happier person than Mister Kunstler to um, to really lift us up here. And who is going to be happier than this man right here? Mr. Jackie Chan. This is his this is his biography. Jackie Chan. Oh my never god. Never grow up. It's his face. Everyone knows Jackie Chan, whether it's from Rush Hour, Shanghai Noon, The Karate Kid, or Kung Fu Panda. Jackie is admired by generations of moviegoers for his acrobatic fighting style, comedic timing, and mind-bending stunts. In 2016, After 56 years in the industry, over 200 films, and many broken bones, he received an honorary Academy Award for his lifetime achievement in film. But at 64 years old, Jackie is just getting started. Um, So in this book, he reflects on his early childhood, uh, childhood years spent at the China Drama Academy in Hong Kong uh, and in Hollywood, uh, his numerous brushes with death both on and off the set, his life as a husband and a father. Uh, all, all heartwarming goodness coming from the young master himself, Jackie Chan. And I defy anybody to write a one-star review about this guy. I don't, I don't know how you could do it. How could you be so cruel? Oh, somebody's found a way. Oh, what what do we got? Um, Ooh, I like if you like Jackie, don't read this book. I've always loved his films, but knowing yeah. more about who he is as a person, that, person kind of a letdown. I guess that's fair. The person above him wrote. I guess he is similar. cooler in movies than as a like real Jackie person. Chan, you might want to skip this one. This is the only autobiography I've read so far where I actually thought less of the person after reading it. Judgy, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as nice and funny and kind as Jackie is in the, the, the media persona seems to portray him. Uh, as utterly horrible a person he comes out of this uh, in this autobiography he holds grudges seems pompous and is just a general dickhead to most people in his life worst of all though it seems like a cleaned up version that leaves out certain aspects of his life so i thought to myself why even bother finishing this Man, I think it's interesting. You know, I never, uh, Hmm. I never, I never read biographies. Almost never. And you've already pitched two of them tonight. So uh, very, very uh, interesting Um, um, selections here early. uh, We could could consider it. We could consider it. Um, I'm not opposed. uh, Those are, I will say those are the only two biographies I've got on here. Uh, let's pivot now. We'll pivot into the realm oh, of nonfiction. Oof, oof, you're making me nervous there. Uh, and we are going to go. Did someone write like a fake Jackie Chan biography we can read? I, I would I'd like that. Um, no, we're going to go to uh, we're going to go to the fiction world here for a moment. Um. 
we read a book by this author before on a previous book club episode. I believe it was last summer. I had you read uh, one of my favorite books of all time, um, The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. Did you no, not? You mean... <laughs> Do you... No, uh, that's right. That's right. We Matt, did. we never actually uh, I, read, I read that it. one. It became one of my favorite books. We we ran uh, out of so time. okay your choice. I, yes, I have it. I bought it. It's on my shelf. Time, um, and do the assignment, or <laughs> um, you can read his um, other book, "Never Let Me Go," um, which came out in two thousand five. Um, it is. This is known as his seminal work. This is like what what people, uh, most people who know Ishiguro like this book, and they also like um, Remains of the Day. Um, I haven't read this one yet, but it's been on my list for a while. If you know anything about Ishiguro, you know that he loves British stuff and British culture, despite being very Japanese. Um. And this one is about a, an English boarding school, uh, far from the influences of the city, Hailsham, it's called. Students are well-tended and well-supported, trained in art and literature, and become just the sort of people the world wants them to be. But curiously, they are taught nothing of the outside world and are allowed little contact with it. Within the grounds of Hailsham, uh, Kathy grows from young schoolgirl to young woman. But it's only when she and her friends, Ruth and Tommy, leave the safety of the grounds of the school that they realize the full truth of what Hailsham is. Never Let Me Go breaks through the boundaries of the literary novel. It's a gripping mystery, a beautiful love story, and also a scathing critique of human arrogance and a moral examination of how we treat the vulnerable and different in our society. In exploring the themes of memory and the impact of the past, Ishiguro takes on the idea of a possible future to create his most moving and powerful book to date. Uh, wow. Did they? Matt, did you know they made a movie about this book? Yes, yeah, starring uh, Carrie Mulligan, Kira Knightley, and Andrew Garfield. Didn't know that. Uh Came out in 2010. We can always uh, we can always do a compare, compare and contrast. Uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you, this is certainly more appealing to me mm -hmm. than uh, Remains of the Day, because um, mm -hmm. it seems less boring. Well, I I enjoyed Remains of the Though Day. I didn't read I the other books on how boring it actually burn. is. It was, um, it was a slow, slow burn, and you really had to get into the character and the, his, like, entire, um, like, mindset. It was a whole thing. It was it was not a, definitely not one that you can, like, pick up and, and, and stop and go. It was definitely more of a, like, a commitment. But um, this one, I've heard very good things about this. Most, most uh, Ishiguro fans point to this one as, as their favorite. They like this one a lot. Um, but, you know, who didn't like it a lot? Author Kevin Ansbro, who is an author. He's got a badge and he's got 1,400 oh, followers. No. Uh, he said, you know, those irritating people who talk to children and old people as if they were babies in a puerile sing-song voice? Well, those idiots sprang to mind as I endured the narrative voice of this glacially slow yawn fest of a novel. He goes on to just eviscerate it. Hmm. And I like, Vic I, I, I like, uh, oh yeah, he goes on. Vic Victoria Below too is great. I finally finished reading this book. Um, finally is the key word. At first I thought the problem was with me. <laughs> too busy to read. But now that I finished it, I realized the book itself was the problem. I've never read any of yep. his works before, but this book is just pure boredom. Um, oh, and I like think the guy below her with the first line, no one to hold him and no one to fold him comes to mind when yeah, trying to write a review on this novel too, except for oh, this man, guy, who said, Nicole, 
Right, zminyelirim zidenye. Yednak ne zavruzge na du gvyajski. Very, very rude. Whatever that says. Yeah. Very rude. Very rude. Uh, you know, Matt, you've uh, you've really steered me quite well in fiction in our summer reading lists in the past. I will say, I still think uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicles maybe one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um, I enjoyed it immensely, um, and so this right. this one definitely has a strong All consideration. Right. Like Could be interesting. Okay. Um, I like that. Uh, just putting it out there. Um, okay, Sean. Let's do, I got two more here for you. One of them is a, uh, another fiction, which I have not read yet. Um, but it's a, this is a science fiction book. It's been sitting on my shelf for a while. Uh, published in 2021. Uh, it won the Hugo award for best novel, science fiction novel in 2022. Uh, best audiobook in science fiction in 2022 as well. So a good listener here. Um, it's ready. Player. I hope it's not ready player no. two. Um, imagine one, once that does inevitably come out as a cash grab, you know, we have to read it. Unfortunately, ready player three. They did make no, that. We talked about it on the show. No, no, no. Ready Player Three. I know that. Yeah, I know that. No, oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were talking about Ready Player Two. I'm, I'm Ready Player Two. They made. The no, they didn't make the third one. To show up somewhere. No, that that guy's got to make yeah. his money. Um. No, the book is called Project Hail Mary. It is a science fiction book written by Andy Weir. Hmm. Oh, you know what? Yes. Um, yeah, yes. The guy who wrote The Martian. Yes, this is The Martian guy. Um, a lone astronaut, an impossible mission, an ally he never imagined. Rylan Grace is the sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission. And if he fails, humanity and the Earth itself will perish. Except that right now, he doesn't know that. He can't even remember his own name, let alone the nature of his assignment or how to complete it. All he knows is that he's been asleep for a very, very long time. And he's just been awakened to find himself millions of miles from home with nothing but two corpses for company. His crewmates dead, his memories fuzzily returning, Ryland realizes that an impossible task now confronts him. Hurtling through space on this, this tiny ship, it's up to him to puzzle out an impossible scientific mystery and conquer an extinction-level threat to our species. And with the clock ticking down and the nearest human being light years away, he's got to do it all alone. Or does he? Okay, wow. so that is Project Hail Mary. Um... Yeah, I see here uh, Hillary Golden says, uh, this is not a review about the story. It's about the physical copy of the book. The binding is so terrible, I opened to begin reading it, and I'm pages sure are literally Weir falling out. So disappointing, that, yeah. one star. Um, <laughs> and Michael Gallagher says, uh, I had to quit reading this one as the author couldn't get off the global warming soapbox in a dismissive tone. So much so it was like preaching. And if you don't agree, the author comes out and tells his audience they are stupid. This was not a novel, but more of a climate manifesto with lots and lots of technical scientific jargon. And I feel as if I was ripped off with my $14.95 purchase. If Sean, you enjoyed I've The Martian the as I did, it will be a total letdown to you. One right star. Ready to take a look? It's great because it has gifts. Oh, yeah. There's gifts. Yes. I didn't know you could do that either, but apparently you can add gifts. So get ready. I didn't know you could in. do that. There's there's this is a gift a gift a thon. So it edge. starts off with the line, Julian Wonderland, our, our our author here, she writes, Andy Weir cannot write, and I'm tired of I'm tired of people pretending he can. First, let's talk about characters. Well, there is no character here. I only see a vague man-shaped science textbook in an astronaut suit. Wait, let me put my glasses on. Oh, I know him quirky, wisecracking nerd who likes space. It's Mark Watney. (laughs) 
A little gif of a. Uh, oh, look Mark at that! Watney it's a little gif from the movie. That's incredible. Mark Watney's alone in space again. Oh, can you believe his luck? Anyway, he's alone and he's quick and nerdy, and that's a quirky and nerdy, and that's all very nicely boring. But hold on. There are flashback scenes. We get to meet other people, a diverse group of scientists from many countries to save the world. Yay. No, I take that back. No, yay. This is no diverse. Oh, I don't want to read all this, but <laughs> we got to. Sure, Jan. We got. Oh, wow. Sure yeah, this Jan. this gets uh, this gets really out of control quickly. We got more. I'm just going to go down to the gifts. We got Kevin from Home Alone running away. <laughs> oh it keeps going it keeps going and i'm hoping there's no spoilers that was a, a very long gift filled review jesus this is long from, uh julie in wonderland um oh my god well here's the thing matt okay. i did not read the martian nor did i no, see the movie that doesn't, that doesn't so matter. the good news is if this is just yeah, like the martian matter. i won't know yeah yeah. That yeah, wouldn't matter at all to you. Yeah. So there you go. Project Hail Mary. Very interesting. By Andy Weir. Very interesting. And uh, the last book I'm going to leave for you. Um, well, I've got two. And uh, yeah. All right. Uh, are you familiar with yeah, the show? Keep going. Why not? Okay, then this uh, might I have not, not be seen super it, but I'm familiar with the fact exciting, that it exists um, for you. I I thought I thought said some <laughs> some reason I had thought maybe you had watched it, but uh, it's it's I I do recommend the show. It's it's a really good show. But um, this is called this book is called All the Pieces Matter: The Inside Story of the Wire, written by Jonathan Abrams. Um, it is. <laughs> uh, Basically, like 10 years after the acclaimed show, this is the inside, the inside story of how they made the 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 um, the show, the issues it tackled from the failures of the drug war and criminal justice system to systemic bias in law enforcement and in other social institutions. Um, uh, many of its shows, actors such as Idris Elba, Dominic West and Michael B. Jordan have gone on to become major stars. Its creators and writers included David, including David Simon. And Richard Price have developed dedicated cult followings of their own. Universities use the show to teach everything from film theory to criminal justice to sociology. Politicians and activists reference it when discussing policy. Um, arguably, The Wire is one of the greatest works of American art in the 20th century. Great. Um, and this is all the story behind the scenes of how the show came to be made. And no one star reviews. Very nice, very no nice. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the show. Reviews. Doesn't mean I'm um, I'm not two stars uh, for unwilling the book, not for the wire. Says Eric. Uh, Sean, our last, our last yeah. book of the night for me. Strap yourself in for... Oh, boy. Have you ever read Moby Dick? Nor have I. That is not the book I'm recommending. No. However, um, the the reason I'm bringing it up is this <laughs> book... Uh, I also yeah, me nervous there for a second. Um, this is a book that was the inspiration, they believe, for Moby Dick. It was also a film kind of recently in the heart of the sea, the tragedy of the whale ship Essex. Oh, I thought you were going to say Finding Nemo. In the Heart of the Sea brings the to new life the incredible okay, story of the wreck of the whale ship Essex, an event as mythical in its own century as the Titanic disaster was in ours, and the inspiration for the climax of Moby Dick. In a harrowing page-turner, Nathaniel Philbrick restores this epic story to its rightful place in American history. 
Uh, it's about a whaling ship in 1820 that um, basically met with an 80-ton bull sperm whale um, and did not have a good time. And, hmm. Wow. This is definitely interesting. It's not, not really in the realm of something I would traditionally yeah, it, read, but um, I'm definitely uh, I don't curious. Know. It, I remember when the movie came out, I, I think that's when I put it on this list. This book was published way back in 2000, but the movie that is um is based that 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 is based on, from this book uh came out fairly recently. I want to say like 2019 maybe or 2001 Okay, I really don't know where this guy was going. I was scrolling around There's one thing you need to know about me, it's that I've never listened to a song by Rush all the way through. Really? What does that have to do with? Yeah. Yeah, Matt here. Yeah. Catfish 76 says the book itself is great. However, I got to page 142 where the crew discovers water on Henderson Island. Then there were 16 pages of photos and pictures. Then it starts back up at page 175. What the hell happened from finding water and replenishing supplies to <laughs> so cannibalism? What I, I publisher really prints books with pages with missing? Very disappointing. Publishing issues. And there's, I had no idea there were so many of them. And then they take it out on the on the author. It's very funny. Um, well, if if you are having problem with your print version, Kindle customer says unable to read as this did Alex not download. Says, Alex one star. has one follower, and she says, "Just so everyone knows, that's a bad seven hundred reviews and one follower. It that's is, a bad ratio. A that's she bad. Says, Just so everyone knows, I rooted for the whale <laughs> every single time. It would seem that every person who is aboard the Essex or any other whaling ship would do just about anything to fulfill their greedy and selfish desires. They had no respect for life except their own, and because of that, I stopped caring what happened to them. P.S. You know what they say about karma? Hashtag save the whales. Hashtag save the tortoises. Again, like I'm learning new things. I didn't know you could gif in a book review. You, I didn't know you could hashtag in a you book might review. Be missing the point, Alex. Okay. What a yawn fest, says Aaron. Oh, and I'm on Team Whale. I'm yeah. on Team Whale. I didn't. I didn't know. Do people know this already happened? Like you, like you can't like. Little, yeah, it doesn't. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you can kind of be over it a little bit. I think that's okay. I don't. I don't think young people are out. I don't think this is like for young people to read it and be influenced. Be like, I want to be a whaler. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I don't think so. At least. Oh wait, there's there's spoilers on this one. Well, don't this reveal it, man. I, I, don't, I don't want to find out if the whale won or not. <laughs> it's all in Chinese. Um, Thank goodness yeah. it's all this gibberish. So, ah. Yeah. Wow. What a list, That's Matt. List. What a list. That is list. Some good stuff in here. Uh, so... I, I, I don't think there were any stinkers, which is good. Um, okay. I think it was a pretty compelling list. I'm kind of between two right now. I, I'm thinking I'm between Never Let Me Go and In the Heart of the Sea. I think they're both books I traditionally wouldn't read, which excites me when we do these because it does give me an opportunity to try new things. Um, I like that Never Let Me Go is fiction because I don't get a lot of that, and it's a different perspective than what I read. But In the Heart of the Sea is a is a subject I know nothing about, like not even remotely anything about, which is interesting, but it sounds like it has a compelling narrative in addition to being historically interesting. So it's kind of a toss up between those. Well, if it, I don't know if it helps steer you one way or the other, you could watch the trailers for both of the movies. 
I don't know. Who is in the see now I gotta Google the in the heart of the sea movie. When did that come out? Uh that came out in twenty fifteen. Chris Hemsworth, Tom Holland, two thousand fifteen. Benjamin With Chris Walker, Helmsworth. Ben Wishaw. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Gleason. Surprising. It was a box office bomb. You know, the uh, uh, the house uh, where Herman yeah, Melville a, wrote Moby Dick is not far from where I live. Mm-hmm. You can go there. It, they're open one day a week because uh, nobody ever goes there. Uh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's a Ron Howard directed film. Yeah. I mean, this could be, this could be big. Um, hmm. <laughs> it was nominated for a Teen they Choice Award. Those? That can't be right. Still I don't think those. any team saw this. Apparently, the 18th Teen Choice Awards uh, for choice movie That's in the action category. Award. Who else was nominated and Tom uh, Holland. that the year? Teams love Tom Holland. Oh, they they only said who uh, this list. So it, it was again. So that, okay, in the heart of the sea, a movie based on the book that Moby Dick is based on went up against the Jungle Book, Maze Runner: The Scorch Trials. The Divergent series Allegiant, Spectre, which of course we've watched, and the winner. We could write a young Deadpool, Sean. We could do it. We could make millions. I know we can. It wouldn't be hard. Wouldn't be hard at all. Someone I read someone on Twitter the other day said, and I agreed with them. They said someone should turn Great the uh, Fast and Furious Great movies idea. into young adult novels. Really? And I said, got it. That sounds good. Get people re- get those kids reading again. I would read that. Get those kids back reading again. That, that is a winner. Um, Matt, will I bounce? Will I bounce between uh, these two yeah, final books? I Have you made I'm, a decision which of mine you're going to read? The blockbuster book. I think I'm going to read. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I'm going to read Built to Fail. Nice. Built yep. to Fail: The I Inside Story of Blockbuster's signal, Inevitable fun, Bust. That's the one that uh, I'm really, really interested in is, is the built to fail. Awesome. Well, Matt, I think I've made my decision as well. Uh, I might buy never let me go just for the fun of it. Uh, But I think to, again, pick something that's a little more unique in the, in the uh, pantheon of books we've read. I am going to go with in the heart. That's funny because that was, uh, I almost didn't, um, I almost took that one off the list. I think that was uh, one of the ones that almost didn't make the cut. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, sort of, uh, you know, this sort of not strong narrative nonfiction um, is is interesting. More of the types of books I'd like to read. So I'm excited to. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting. All right. So we're good. We got our picks cool. in. Matt, this is going to be a great should summer. We wait, should we should we wait till <laughs> next week to tease the movies? We're better than good for a movie. Yeah. We will. Oh, did you know? Uh, and the same guy wrote a book about the Mayflower. Tell me that he believes the vaccines are microchips. <laughs> yeah, name name another famous boat. Um, you can't do it. Um, oh, he wrote one on Custer's Last Stand. This guy's prolific. Um, yes, Matt. Uh, so everyone out there, order your copies of Built to Fail and In the Heart of the Sea. Start reading. Matt and I will. I've got some trips this summer, uh, and I just read when I'm on airplanes. So um, I'll definitely be able to get through these. And we'll talk about those later in the summer. But between now and then, we have our annual blockbuster summer franchise watch along. Uh, last year, we did the uh, video game films. The year before that, Fast and Furious. We've done James Bond, Rocky. Um, a number of them this year, we're going to pick a new franchise or collection of films, if you will, um, and watch them all summer long. Matt's going to pitch a few. I'm going to pitch a few. And we're going to come yeah. to one um, and we're going to do that next week. Matt, ahead. it's pretty exciting. 
Yes, sir. Go uh, and, yes. and folks. I was going to say, make sure important. you check all the pages are there when you get the book. Yep. Make sure they don't fall Definitely out. They're not out that. of that's order or a, missing. An epidemic going on. Uh, apparently, that's very common. Make sure those pages are there. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to get very confused when you get to the end. Uh, Matt, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Always a pleasure. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. We appreciate all you guys being here to kick off this awesome summer. Uh, But until then, we'll see you on the next episode of Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.